0: Let me say good morning to those who are on and those who are about to come on, um, and welcome to week two of survey of the Book of Acts, uh, New Testament history. And last week we did an introduction to the Book of Acts, kind of went over some preliminaries, and we went through the the course um, the course viewpoints for for this, uh, this the new study of the, of the book of Acts. So we kind of talked about the overview, and we did the, the lesson overview and kind of uh, looked at the introduction of this book here. So I pray that you all have gotten the opportunity to read the introduction. Um, it talks about the author, the, the textbook author's purpose of of reading of uh, writing this book here, and so we are definitely taking a different approach um, to the Book of Acts. That we're not really focusing on a lot of the common themes that uh, we may know about, uh, such as you know speaking in tongues, starting of the church, missionary work, church governance, things, the topics that um, that this uh, the Book of Acts may address but it's not the overarching theme for the book of Acts. So those um, topics are more secondary or or tertiary. Um, And so we're going to kind of look at the primary um, themes uh, when it comes to the book of Acts. So before we dig into the lesson though, are there any questions um, or comments from last week
1: or from your reading for this week? I did have one thought as as I was reading um, the, when the author was saying that because of the style of the writing, that the author was writing biblical history. Mm -hmm. Now, part of me says, duh, it's in the Bible, it's history, it's biblical history. Then another part of me is like, that is so profound. Yeah. And and so I was wondering what, well, when we get to that part of the discussion, I'd love to know what your thoughts are. Cause I, I mean, it hit me as deep and duh at the same time. So I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah. So the, the way I, when I read that part is uh, I guess in connection to uh, what he's talking about, the continuing story. So he's connecting it to um basically the old covenant story and um, he's continuing in a historical mode. So that's kind of what I thought when I was reading, when I read that part there. Um, and a lot of, people, when it comes to the book of Acts, don't approach the book of Acts in a historical manner. And so that's one thing I appreciate about this book is that the fact that he is approaching, trying to approach it um, in a historical manner by uh, considering the original readers and the human author and the uh, historical audience of, of this book here. So that's kind of my thoughts.
2: Uh, When I read that, there's a, there's a little arrogance in where we have come today. Mm -hmm. And I say that in this manner, not in a rude or disrespectful way at all, but not, but, but with that, there's an arrogance that we only look at what does, what does this, what does this have to do with me? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And because of that, Anything from the moment Jesus hit the earth is like, it's just, it's all about, you know, me, me, me. What does this look like for us today? And I think him taking this um, point keeps us in focus so that we can continue to build, to understand like, yeah, what about me? But at the same time, what's really happening with this, you know, with the, with the, uh, uh, with the human Arthur and his audience, man. And um, I'm a lot like Tracy. Now everything is just smacking me in two different places, you know, like, you know, I'm like, okay, I know how I feel about concerning us in the church, but what about those listening to this? There was, you know, the word is a lamp unto my feet and light it pale. Like, wait, but they didn't have what I have, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's definitely a good thought to to keep us, on that flow of looking at this historical context uh and somebody i know always hollering it's a history book talking about acts anyway so now mm-hmm. she get to kind of put her proof in the pudding right here <laughs> use this to kind of keep us going so amen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i didn't
0: i didn't appreciate that amen
2: oh, <laughs> thank, thank you elder tracy <laughs> for once we're on the same page praise god <laughs>
1: Uh,
0: I have a
1: comment about it. Um, um, Sorry, real quick. Uh, Eva had her hand up and then I'll go ahead, Eva. Um, I was uh, here where it said uh, in the book and the introduction, Luke intends his work to be read in the light of Old Testament promises and Mm -hmm. the continuing reign of Christ. Can you expound on that? uh, uh and and also where is does is he saying this in also an inclusion what of jews and gentiles or um because i it always have been well i always have been but i'm seem like over time i have been hearing you know the old testament yeah. and uh keeping things in perspective and who was they talking to and you know so i'm kind of like okay where we are now <laughs> right
0: so right on the that sentence there i think the 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 better word the author should have used instead of old testament was old covenant um an old covenant perspective um because when it comes to um jesus uh the christ he is technically still in the old covenant and so um and so that's uh, I, I pray that changing that word from old testament to covenant uh, kind of gives gives more light to what the, the author is uh, is trying to say here. So uh, in Jesus' time, he was introducing the kingdom to the Jewish audience, and so now um, we're we're seeing um, uh, we're seeing a continuing. of of the teachings of the kingdom and that Jesus is still, you know, in control. And we see the uh, God's plan of salvation eventually um, uh, bring in the Gentiles as we see uh, in the timeline that uh, in the beginning when the church started that the Gentiles were not technically, uh, I guess, from a human perspective was not part uh, of the church. Of course, the divine perspective they were, but as far as the, the human timeline, they, they were not. So, uh, and so Luke is looking at it uh, uh, from the perspective of first the Jews uh, part, partook uh, of, this, of, this, uh, of this story and now he's, he's talking, because remember his audience that he's writing to is a Greek audience. Um, and so they are non-believers. They're they are what we consider uh what we talked about last week, God fearers. Um, and so they are they are learning about uh the law and things of that sort, and they're learning about uh so Luke is giving them an orderly account of of what's going on here. Uh uh when when the the, the start of this church and the, the, the continuing story. And so uh, and so uh, we have to remember that when, when Luke wrote this, he wrote it after the fact. So he's writing, he's writing, he's basically reminiscing or, or going um, uh, or going back and writing everything that he had experienced to, to, this, uh, to this Gentile uh, group or to, to uh, these non-believers at this time. So I, I pray that that kind of makes sense there.
1: Well, I'm I, I only. I'm struggling. I'm still struggling with it. And <laughs> the only reason why, I guess, I'm struggling with it because the, the play on the play on words here, for me is I'm looking at it from. He said Luke intent. Luke, the writer's saying Luke intense is work. Okay, looking at it from a work that, that he has put out there to be read in the light of. So in other words, no matter the generation or the era of time. Uh, this is my you know my respect of what I'm think I'm hearing him say that regardless of uh, whether it was then when Luke was living or Luke after he dead he had a work out there and that work is still because we are looking at the work of Luke and mm-hmm. it's to be read in the light of Old Testament promises meaning that when I'm reading his work with and Luke, with Luke and uh, Acts, the gospel and acts that I must be understand it in, in the light of Old Testament promises and the continuing continuing reign of Christ not him just reigning and, and telling people about the kingdom at the time of his existing during uh, Christ's day but it said the continuing reign because Jesus is still reigning now so am I missing it or
0: no you're you're right on it and so the way that that uh, that Luke, um, is saying that 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 continual reign, the way that that Jesus is still communicating the kingdom even until today is through the church. So Luke is showing is showing how Jesus is still on the throne. We're looking at Luke's time. He's still he's still ruling. He's still reigning, and he's co- communicating the kingdom of God through through the church. Through his individuals. I pray that that kind of ties. Is that is that where you're kind of. Does that make sense?
1: We got to work it out. We'll work it out.
0: Okay. Yeah. We'll
1: keep, we'll keep walking. It'll, it'll come out somewhere.
0: Okay. Yeah. So when Luke is uh, <laughs> writing this. He wants us to keep in mind. The old covenant promises. And like you said. When Jesus introduced the kingdom. And now since Jesus is. No longer on earth, he is ruling from an ascended place um, in heaven, and he is communicating the kingdom uh, through through the church. And so you see that continual. This is a this is how God is uh, continuing his saving purposes, and it's through through the church, and it's still going on today. So. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess as we continue on, maybe it will click or, or something. <laughs> um, but um, Patricia, go ahead. Trish?
1: That's okay. You moved oh. on to another, you know, it's okay.
0: Okay, because we're still on kind of reflections and things of that sort. So, okay. Okay. Uh, All right. Anybody else had any any, um, reflections or questions uh, concerning last week's reading and this?
2: I wanna, I wanna build where mother is, but I'll, I'll let that happen another time.
0: (laughs) Oh, go ahead. It might help.
2: No, it was just no, no. Go ahead, like, cause we'll all talk. But it was, I don't know. Like, I hear exactly what she's saying, and it, it makes. So then when she kind of thought about it, I wanted to make sure that I was on the target with understanding the simple thing that is he, he's reminding us that Luke in these writings is still dealing with this old covenant, trying to progress us into the new, but we're still there in, in, in the text when I say that. He's trying to progress so, us. Like, Say that again. Like, so Luke, when he's writing, is still writing concerning old covenant stuff and practices and right. people. So right. now he's trying to progress us, it seems like, into this new covenant. But everything that he's kind of dealing with is still having a foundation of the old covenant. Because right. We still see a lot of old covenant. Like when Jesus came, they weren't under a new covenant. They were still under an old one. And that's why he dealt with the Jews the way he did in saying certain stuff, right? Right. Okay. Right. So, one- so from my brain, I think I'm getting it uh, what Mother was saying, or her question. But then I was like, wait, let me make sure my brain is where I needed to be to get the concept. Yeah. Uh, go
0: ahead, Eva. You had something
1: to to say or to comment. Yeah. It's only that I, uh, because I just took, I didn't go. If I maybe if I just because I'm listening to Overseer now, because when it said, again, Luke intends his work to be read in the light of the Old Testament promises and continuing reign of Christ. Then it goes Mm -hmm. on to say, Acts is best understood, therefore, in this biblical theological framework that Mm -hmm. highlights the move From the Old Testament to what the kingdom of God looks like now that Christ has come, died, and risen, and ascended to the right hand of the Father, it is in the light. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it is in the light, the continuing reign of Christ in the inaugurated kingdom of God, and so forth and so on. So I'll just let you, and I guess in our study, Ana, can explain that. And so I guess maybe not going from me, not going through the whole paragraph to... (laughs) Oh, you know something. Oh yeah, I'll leave it there. I got you.
0: What you're trying to try to see here. And so um another thing that we must remember is we're right on the brink of the old and new. Yes,
2: right? yeah, yeah.
0: And so and so all of a sudden, uh in in from the divine perspective the new covenant has officially started when Jesus shed his blood. But from a human perspective, they're still, uh, they understand that this new covenant is going on, but what does that mean for the old? What's going on right now when it comes to our sacrifices, when it comes to the temple, when it comes to all of this old, you know, the old covenant stuff, what does this mean? And so, that the book of Acts is a very transitional book, meaning that you begin to see uh, Lucas Luke, uh, Luke writing, uh, of course, using a lot of the old covenant um, talk and old covenant customs and things of that sort. But then after a while, you begin to see that kind of fall off when you begin to read the book of the book of Acts because they're transitioning. They're coming from this old mindset of the old covenant and coming into the new, and so uh, one thing that I will I will bring up um, in, in the um, in the reading here um, uh, when you, when we're talking about the the in our inaugurated kingdom that Jesus in the Gospels was introducing. The new covenant. So he um, he uh, introduced or brought the kingdom of God on earth. So it was it was it's considered the right now kingdom. You can experience the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. This is that's why you get that kind of talk with Jesus Christ. He brought it on earth, and now we are going to see it continuing. Uh, now we're seeing that uh, even until today, we are living in the inaugurated kingdom, that the lifestyle of, of, of the kingdom that Jesus introduced in the gospels is still available for us today. And so, um, And so we're going to kind of kind of talk about that um, and understand what that meant for the original readers because when Jesus was talking about the kingdom, let me go here. Let me go to this chart here. Maybe this would make some, some sense here. When when Jesus is talking about the kingdom, the Jews thought that Jesus was talking about right here in this area, uh, from this area here, meaning the end times, they thought the kingdom was for Jesus to conquer the land back and for them to live in Jerusalem and for them to have a king and for them to be that, that nation again, this is what they thought Jesus was talking about. Jesus was talking, he was talking about right here. He's like, now this is a start of, of the kingdom and the lifestyle that you, that, that you can partake in, which is the new covenant. So Jesus introduced the new covenant, remember we talked about how the, um, accept the, um, what's the word? The acceptance of Jesus Christ is different for the Jews in this period versus the time versus the time after his, uh, resurrection. All they had to do was to just believe in Jesus Christ and to believe in what he was, um, what he was introducing and things of that sort. That's, that's, uh, that what was going on in, in this time here, but now the, I don't, I don't want to confuse you all, but now the, um, not the, uh, the, the, re- the prerequisite uh, changes after the shedding of the blood. And so now he's talking about this kingdom lifestyle, this new covenant that you can all partake in. And so those who accepted uh, Jesus being the Messiah, being the Christ, were considered part of the kingdom um, and so now Luke is talking about um the kingdom and now what does that look like for believers after his post after post-resurrection? Okay. And so we're gonna kind of um it, it'll start making sense even more when we get into, into the lesson here. Okay. So I pray that <laughs> I haven't confused y'all more. <laughs> but um, but um, but last week we kind of just did um an introduction. Uh, to, to the book of Acts. Um, if you guys uh, read, read the introduction. Um, and so the author of this book, he tells that his approach is, um, uh, is Acts is an account of the continuing story of God's saving purposes. Okay. And so as we look at um, this, this timeline here is that uh, God had a purpose of saving his people. Ever since the beginning of time, and now the fall—the fall happened in Genesis, and now this plan is in place to bring back His people to Him, and that's where we get into the the uh, the kingdom days, and so um, and so now we're seeing this this plan begin to unfold, this this uh, this story, this drama that is um, <laughs> that is going on uh, during this time here, okay. So um, let's go to, let's see here. Let's go here. Let's see here. Um, so as we have explored already in previous classes in this program, the survey of the New Testament, survey of the Gospels, and now um, survey of New Testament history, determining the purpose of Acts is no easy task and there is no necessary agreement or unity among even modern scholars except that to say that there are several purposes, okay? Um, so with the, the book of the book of Acts there there are many um, purposes. and we must address the fact that this author here um, and with Benware, if you have your survey of the New Testament book handy on page 139, really talks about the purpose of, of Acts from their perspective. And um, this author mentions that Luke is writing to this Christian community. Um, and Benware he talks about um, that this book is, is written, to, uh, that it's written about the first 30 years of Christianity and that it is given a defense of, to Christianity and uh, providing a stability of their new faith in Christianity. So he's uh so Benware is really talking about this is the beginning of Christianity. And in nowhere in the book of Acts or even in the New Testament, you'll see the word Christianity. And so that's something that we have to really keep in mind that this is not the beginning of Christianity. This is God's uh continuing uh the story. And now what's what's in place now is the church of Jesus Christ it has nothing to do with Christians or Christianity. And so in your Dropbox, um, some of you asked me to um, give you all some information uh, from because we talked about it in uh survey of the New Testament about about the word Christian and Christianity and things of that sort, it's in the drop box. If you need like a refresher or if you want to do some more research on your own, um, it is, it is in the, in the drop box. And, uh, to understand why this is, this is important to, to understand because this is the Christian agenda. That's something that we have to really keep in mind that a lot of these authors have an agenda, uh, many agendas, and one of them is to appease the Christian community, okay? And so uh, that's one thing that we must keep in mind. I think we, we kind of uh, stumbled upon that on Wednesday when we were looking at the book of Colossians and looking at being um, baptized in, in Christ how the author of the textbook author talks about is about a water baptism and how you should be, you know, baptized in water. But when we did a deeper study, we found out that it had nothing to do with water, and just a quick um, a quick word study <laughs> uh, could could have uh, solved uh, what the author was trying to trying to say. Uh, to us where well, he's trying to convey um, just a quick word study, a lexicon analysis, a lexical analysis will just show that, yeah, this is not talking about water, but they have an agenda. They have to yeah. answer to their publishers. <laughs> they have publishers to answer to. So so that that's something to really keep in mind as well. Um, does someone wanted to...
1: Yeah, I just wanted to, uh, I don't think I just wanted to say thank you, because uh, you you used one word that helped me, <laughs> and that word, <laughs> and uh, because I was looking at the author and, and his framework and how he was trying to, you know, pull this thing together, and I'm like, okay, so the word you looked at clicked, and I'm there now, was transitioning, <laughs> Oh <laughs> you know, and then from one place to another. When you said it, I wrote down under that my definition, transitioning from one place to another, but what human in end, after have reading that it makes sense God's way of continuing the story. Mm-hmm. Good. I got it. I
0: Good.
1: got it.
2: <laughs> Amen. So you, not- you see how our brains work? We just we need certain little keywords yeah. that help us <laughs> right. <open up>. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, our, 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 I I love I was thinking about it yesterday. I like, even though sometimes um, it can be frustrating or you know, how we all think differently, but then I embrace the way that we all think because it just allows me to see your point of view and someone else's point of view and things of that sort, and to and to eventually we all get to that same place. We may it may take us take us a while, we may go through different ways to get there, but, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we all get there. And so now we're all here.
1: <laughs> we're all here. So, uh,
0: amen. So, um, let's see here. Uh, yeah. So when it, so, um, that those documents, uh, when it comes to, uh, to Christianity and things of that sort is in the drop, um, in the, the Google drive. Okay. Um, so let's go back to the slide here. It says, well, this study is no different. The author believes that the internal evidence, Luke's stated purpose in the preface uh, to the volume one, the language and writing style as biblical narrative and Luke's explicit links to old to the Old Testament all points to the fact that Luke is writing to a Christian or a church, I'm just quoting from this from, from the book, a Christian audience familiar with the promises and languages of the Old Testament in order to provide assurance concerning the continuing outworking of God's saving purposes. Okay. So let's look at um, so let's look at the purpose of Luke. Like Luke writes it in his letter flat out. So, there's no reason for authors to come up with their own purpose on the book of Acts or the book of Luke, because Luke, he comes out with it right in the beginning of his book. Okay. So, here it is in Luke chapter one, uh, verses one through four. He says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. Have delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainly concerning the things you have been taught. So here's the reason why Luke is writing uh, the, the first volume here. He said, I we have, we have, there's a lot of work that's been going on, it's a lot of talk about what's going on, all, all the, the uproar that's going on. He said, I'm going, many people have uh, given their account, but I'm going to give you an orderly account. And it seems like he's writing to someone. We kind of talked about this last week. He's writing to someone or to a group of people because Theophilus is a Greek name. Um, it could be someone named Theophilus or Theo means God and Phileos means love. And so it can mean, it means God lovers. Um, So it could be a group of of, uh, Gentiles uh, of of God fearers or God lovers, Um, they could mean that too. So here's the purpose um, of writing his first volume. And then when you get to the second volume, the book of Acts, he says in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Until the day he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them during the 40 days speaking about the kingdom of God. So here you he go. He's like, look, I dealt with the first volume and let me continue on here because it wasn't the, the fact that Jesus died on the, on the cross was not the end. Uh, he he presented himself to the apostles, and then after that he spoke. He had a kingdom summit, a kingdom conference, and, and spent 40 days talking about the kingdom of God. <laughs> and so and so here we go. Uh, th- this author of the textbook that we have one of one of the the, the primary themes that he says the book of Luke the book of, Lucas, the book of um, Acts is about is the kingdom of God, flat out. Boom, right there. So
2: that's something. Eva, to- Mother Eva somewhere quickening right now. I guarantee it. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> yeah. You know she's been waiting for you hear that again. Come on.
0: Listen. <laughs> that's so funny. And so, uh, so that's something to really keep in mind. Luke writes out his purpose right then and there. So a lot of these scholars and authors writing about Luke. He don't need no help writing about speaking in tongues, writing about this and that. No, his purpose, is his, his, his thesis statement is right in the beginning of his letters here, okay? So that's something to, to really keep in mind here. And uh, this sentence that's underlined, it says, it seemed as though the original readers, um, historical or theoretical Theophilus, had been taught or instructed in the faith. So that means that these are learners, these are disciples um, the disciples, they're learning about the faith. Okay. So given the possible dates of his writing around 62 to 65 AD. So, um, so the, the book of Acts was written right when Paul went into his first Roman imprisonment. So Luke, um, thought that like, okay, Paul's in jail. I don't know when he's going to come out but I guess this is a good time for me to to write everything out. So we know now, even from external sources that the church came under great persecution by the Roman government. And so, like I said, dealing with the persecution that Paul dealt with um, in the beginning of this, uh, of the book of Acts, we see a lot of persecution from chapters one through, about chapters one through eight um, of acts uh, dealing with internal persecution, whereas the religious leaders was coming against this new group of believers or this, this, this new, what they call just another Jew, uh, Jewish sect. They thought this was part of the sect, like another Jewish sect or whatever. And so they began to attack this group here and then they, ex- they experience external um, persecution uh from the Roman government as well. And so uh, I was reading um in our gospel book, um uh, reading just getting a refresher uh refresher on the persecution that they were dealing with um in this in this period of time here. They were they were being you know boiled, they were they were uh dealing with all types of different persecution from within, from internal and from external. Okay. And so, one thing that we have to really remember here is looking at the pink, the pink side here, and that uh, we are dealing with the the church, the New Covenant community, the Church of Jesus Christ here. And so, the persecution um, and suffering that the that the textbook authors is really that's another primary theme. So you got the kingdom of God, and then you got suffering. That's a primary theme. And so suffering and persecution is, um, is a vehicle that is used to push the people of God out from Jerusalem and Judea. As we as we read um, in the book of Acts, when persecution came, they were driven out of Jerusalem and Judea. And then the, the word began to be preached in Samaria. So the primary person um, that was doing, you know, that, that they highlight uh, was Peter um, and so Peter was doing some some preaching in in Samaria and then they were pushed uh, out of there um, to go into they were into Antioch and then they began to move from place to place and that was God's divine plan to push them into the uttermost parts of the world and God used suffering to do so just as Jesus suffered, to, to, to bring in this new covenant, God is doing the same thing for the, for the church using suffering to push the gospel out. There was always some type of conflict. There was always something going on that pushed the gospel even further. There was no mistake that when Paul went into the synagogues in each city that he was rejected. And then he didn't just go find more Jews like Peter did. He went to the Gentiles. Rejection had to happen for Paul, uh, uh, and the um, and the uh, the revelation that the gospel is available for Gentiles as well. Uh, that was used to to push the gospel even further. Okay, so in this book here. Um, The textbook author is really going to talk about um, the importance of suffering. And if you are a disciple, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are going to experience suffering for the gospel's sake. And so we have to, uh, we kind of talked about this on on Wednesday, that as, as disciples of Jesus Christ, uh, in order to to uh, discern between the world and the and the disciples is the way that we handle suffering, and so we see how um, in the in this uh, in in the book of Acts we see how um, suffering is handled by disciples of Jesus Christ, and we should take kind of take note kind of take note of that as well. Um, so let's see here. Let me go back to this slide here. Okay, nope, I went there. Okay. Persecution and suffering. Let me make sure I'm in my my right place in my notes here. Okay, so understand, let's go here. Okay, so um, understanding then in the wake of great persecution, the young church must have been wondering how does suffering fit with God's overall plan and purpose of salvation. Now, uh, remember when I said that um, the, the Jews thought that they were living in the end days and Jesus said that he was coming back. So they're like, okay, well, he's gonna come back next week in their manner, like, okay, he's gonna come back in, in our time. Um, and so they're like, okay, so how does suffering fit into this equation if Jesus is coming back and we're gonna... Go back into our land. What's what's really going on? And so, um, going back to the slide, he said Luke would be answering through the Book of Acts and in the Gospel that suffering was a critical part of what Jesus came to do, and so should his followers accept to do the same. So we will we will observe this theme throughout the Book of Acts, and secondly. Uh, Luke in Acts is clearly continuing the story of Israel where it left off. Luke uses the same style where his readers should see themselves as part, as part of the, of the narrative. Okay. So um, let's see here. Luke. Um, so Luke is um, emphasizing this theme um, and giving accounts of suffering, so the pattern of suffering is saying uh, saying something. Because um, in the introduction, you'll see kind of some of the literary tools that Luke will use, and one of the one of the tools he uses is patterns. He he kind of repeats certain things over and over again. And one thing that you'll see Luke repeating over and over again is suffering okay and so that's something that we shouldn't be surprised about when it comes our way even today uh when suffering comes today so we shouldn't be um surprised when we see it throughout scripture too because this is a part of um part of God's God's plan here okay so uh it says in the scripture that suffering will will be a part will accompany those who are part of who, those who are disciples of of Jesus Christ okay um and so um let me go here with this scripture here so we will observe this theme of suffering throughout the book of acts let's see there we go um it says on on that great day of persecution Begin against the church in Jerusalem, and all were scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentations over them. And so, this is this kind of this is the scripture that shows them on that great day of perse- a day of great persecution that happened. It began to to push them uh, out. Okay, um, let's see here. And even in, in chapter seven, the, the chapter before uh, this, this scripture here, you'll see what the Ethiopian eunuch, when he's reading in, in the Old um, Testament, he's reading about um, persecution. He's reading about suffering. And, um, and so in um, that um, the one who causes suffering in seven, chapter seven, so there were there were um, there were Jewish leaders. were causing the suffering even paul um, was holding the coats of those who were doing the persecution and and suffering and so um and so that's one thing that we must this theme of suffering that we must keep in mind um and that this this theme of suffering um is communicated throughout the uh, the new the new testament and so um paul says that i may know him in the power of, of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings. Um, so becoming like him in his death. And we talked about, um, being baptized in Christ, that word, uh, bat- baptisma, uh, had a, uh, a, a connotation of, of the word suffering, uh, meaning calamity and things of that sort. So this is, this is what's expected for those who are believers, uh, followers of, of Jesus Christ. Okay. All right, let's see here. Let's go here, I think. Yes, was a part of the narrative, let's see here.
1: Okay, yep, let's go here.
0: Let's see, we have already stated for the record, um, let's see, our both the author of the text and and, uh, my conviction for Lucan authorship. It seems to me that the original readers or audience would be in the transitioning early church, which would be predominantly Jewish before 70 AD. So it seems that the repeated references to Gentiles as God-fearing or being associated with Jewish synagogues should inform us about the demographics of the church at this time. So finally, we will recognize and utilize many of the best practices we've already mentioned when it comes to um, interpreting acts, okay? So these are some things that we will see that this transitioning from, um, uh, from, uh, from the old covenant to the new covenant. And so some things begin to fall off new things begin to come on the scene. And so those are the things, some things that we need to, to really um, to keep in mind there. Uh, let me see here. Okay, yeah. So if you go in your book on page 20, um, let's see here, what time? Okay, it's 10, yeah. On page 20,
2: if I can find it in the book.
1: That starts with... Just
0: one thing about the electronic book. It's a little weird.. Well, it says it starts with although, okay, here it is, here it is. Okay. So it's the paragraph that kind of starts with, um, secondly, this leads us to further ob- observation. Um, let's see here, helpful determining Luke's purposes of a genre of acts. So, Van Hooser describes a a genre as a kind of literary of of literature that indicates a literary practice which bears family resemblance uh, to other kinds of literature. Although a full discussion uh, concerning the genre of Acts cannot be entered into here, the family resemblance between the narrative of Acts and the Old Testament historical narrative indicates that Luke was not only writing history, but he is writing biblical history. So, this is what Tracy was talking about here. Uh, So Rosner evidence in supporting this includes the limitation of the Septuagint language. So when you see LXX, that means 70, and that means Septuagint. So that is the Septuagint uh, version of scripture, okay? That's just the abbreviations for Septuagint, LXX. Um, And the style in X giving it a biblical uh, atmosphere. So the language of fulfillment in Acts is the prominent and wide range of topics covered uh Christology, mission to the Gentiles, Holy Spirit, um, the prominence of significant themes in Acts are the central Old Testament themes. So you got Jerusalem, you got temple, you got the law there. So that's why I was talking about in this slide here, you got the 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 term God fearing, you got the term Jewish synagogues and things of that sort. And similarities to the Old Testament uh In depiction of episodes, and then literary techniques and acts that may have been found in the Old Testament narrative. Um, For example, set formulas or summaries, statements, um, and kings to move on from one king to another. Um, You got speeches and prayers that introduce sum up or transition. You got periods of history marked out. The writing of narrative through a series of main character or biographical sections, such as with Abraham, Joseph, and in Genesis. So he's given us some some um, some tools that are used, some literary tools that are used um, in, uh, that you will see uh, in the old Co- in the Old Testament writings. But you'll you'll see some of those being used in the book of the book of um, Acts as well. Um, and then the last one, a theological understanding of history, in which God is in control and is fulfilling covenant, his covenant promises and Acts. This is highlighted by the prominence of key terms um that um indicate divine sovereignty, must uh most well known as being dei, it is necessary, um, and the emphasis of God's actions, which leads to the narrative events along. Okay. And so um and so that's uh, this just uh, talking about some, some uh, literary uh, tools that uh, we will see in, uh, in the book of Acts, okay? Um, I think that's, that's it there. And so, um, but let me see, there's some more points I wanted to bring up. Um, I think the book talks about author and audience. That is, let me see, on page... OK, so on page uh, 23, that talks about the we kind of talked about the historical audience, which is uh, who who the book um, is written about. Um, and so the we're dealing with the, the Jew, the Jewish, uh, Jewish audience who were coming from the old covenant into the new covenant, transitioning from the old covenant to the new covenant. That's the, that's the audience that we're, that that we're dealing with. And the, um, and the historical readers, the, the the first people who are, who are reading this, it are those who are Gentile believers. Okay. So they're, they're disciples, um, as well. And so, um, and so that's something to really keep in mind when looking at this book, that, Uh, One thing that we must train ourselves to do is not to insert ourselves so quickly. We have to do an exegetical analysis, meaning that we have to understand what this scripture meant for the historical audience and the original readers and the human author. Once we understand what it meant for them, then we're able to understand what it means for us. So That's called contextualization where we can pull from what it meant for them. And if there is any connection, we can look and see how, what it means for us, okay? So that's, that's this is what the author is really trying to communicate here that we must understand first what it meant to the original, what it meant to uh, the original uh, audience, the historical audience first, okay? Um, let's see here let me see any questions so far i'm just kind of pulling out some other other things in this book here all right and then the last part here says interpreting acts that's the part okay that's when i was going to read read that slide there but um giving you uh kind of some literary tools on interpreting interpreting acts and also he listed he lists um in this um in interpreting acts um some other uh, literary tools as patterns, parallels between Peter and Paul, um, summary statements, narration of major events, terms within individual accounts, frames or inclusios, themes and contrasting accounts. So we remember inclusios from you see that in the, from the book of Mark, you see it in the book of Luke. It was a very common literary tool that they would use to communicate uh, a certain points. Um, so it says, it's not always easy to determine with certainty what Luke may be prescribing in the narrative of Acts, in addition to the observation above concerning Luke's purpose in the audience, um, assurance for believers concerning the outworkings of God's purpose in Christ, however, keeps an eye out for these, these kinds of repetitions, and that will at least help help to alert us to the fact that something is being emphasized. So definitely keep your eye out on that. Uh, repetition that Luke is trying to communicate something to his uh, original readers there, okay? So are there any questions or comments about that? Because that is the intro or some things I did not touch that you had a question about.
1: Yeah, the um uh, I think I got a breakthrough. Maybe got a little bit of deliverance right here too. <laughs> On the contextualization. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, that that spoke volume to me, uh, um, Elder, uh, because not only that. Well, reason why it spoke volume to me because it is guiding me now. uh, To it was it is so sweet to hear to not to be so quickly to inject yourself. You know, especially when we're reading, so because I know I have the tendency. To live in the now is about the now, you know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. I and I'm not used to, even though I have gone through a great deal of studying, because uh, I, I, I'm here for it now. I've gone through a great deal of studying. However, I put that on the back shelf, and I was willing and am willing to get an entry into the preschool of this thing, because even though what we think we know, we have missed a, a lot of truth. And so, and and so that I, you know, I I thought I had to go through a lot to kind of grab hold of some things. But now that you made it, so I located me. Let me just say it that way: I have located. I have located myself. So now that I located myself through this one word you used that blessed the socks off of me, contextualization, (laughs) to not be so quickly to include yourself or even your, where we are in the time we're living until you first understand at the time that it was written, again, you teaching us that the audience it was written to what was going on, then just go ahead and walk that path to get where we are to know how that involves us and uh, how it factors us into this thing. So thank you for the deliverance today. <laughs> Amen. One thing, when
0: um... When I, cause like we were trained to just look at scripture and say, okay, what does this mean for us? And so going wow. <laughs> through my, my whole transitioning of focusing on the, cause it was hard. It was hard for me to just focus on the original readers and the audience and things of that sort. Because uh, so when we start focusing on them we realized that they had a totally different viewpoint. They had, they, they had a totally different mindset of of, of of what the scripture meant versus what we've been taught. And so that and then like when you when you begin to understand what uh what it meant for them, now you're smacking against your traditions, you're smacking against what you've been taught all these years and it is a struggle. Um and so I I constantly pray for those who are dealing with that that internal struggle of like you said, putting on the back shelf things that I've been taught throughout the years and kind to and, and slowly um, integrating uh, this new kind of this new quote, quote unquote, this new way of thinking of first, let's let's look at what the audience meant, what what they're talking about. Then it could change or enhance my contextualization. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Uh, Tammy, go ahead, Tammy.
1: And um, what strikes me, because we don't always think about it, is it was a struggle for the early apostles, too. It took them 15 years to transition from that old man. And then um, even with Paul, he had to have a vision. I mean, Peter had to have that vision because he was still like, no, this is for the Jews. So it's just yep. it was a struggle for them. So, yeah, we struggle with it also. But, um, you know, they had th- their struggles as well. So... Yeah, this is
0: expected.
1: <laughs> this is expected.
0: So don't y'all don't get discouraged or just keep pushing through. Just like Paul and Peter did, uh, they, they pushed through. So we should be encouraged in that as well. Um, thank you for that comment there. Um, anybody else?
2: I mean, this is this is really God's characteristics here. He just will take a group and just so, I mean, just think about how Israel had to deal with God coming out like, now put away your other God. Right. Uh-uh, you ain't doing that no more. And now you got to consecrate yourselves solely to me. Like, that's a lot. And God just came in. And I'm sure it took them time to to almost get it as best as they could. You know what I mean? So this is, it's it's pretty because, you know, even when I call you, I'm like, now wait a minute. I'm confused because my two brains is, is
0: fighting right now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, 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 it is a lot. Uh, one thing I thought about us on Wednesday, we were on the phone, and I was like, you contextualize a lot. I said, I don't really contextualize a lot. I said, so, I'll do the, I'll do the explaining of the text, and then you come in with what it means. So, our, art yeah, our, yeah. Really, work, really works and yeah so it's, i it's think definitely- as
1: a prophet that's where um, i you know i'm i have to learn if i the break the habit because i text contextualize you know you gave me a word like wow that that word mean a lot to me uh <laughs> now you know in this context so yeah yeah i'm like i guess like oversee i'm on the side of contextualization <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yep, yep, yep. So this is good. This is good. I'm excited. This is the introduction. So you see that we are about to really jump into some 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 deep waters here. This is a deeper study here. Um, I see, Patricia. Uh, Trish, did you want something, you have something to say?
1: I don't know. I had my hand up, but I did unmute. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just want to say that, um, you know, this is, is good. You know, if we want to know more of God, then we should expect, you know, to uh, know and see that there are going to be some changes of our understanding. Mm -hmm. We can't stay back, you know, when we were an infant, we have to grow in this thing, you know, when we're hearing something new, um, you know, for me, you know, yeah, you know, I was taught a certain way, you know, but I want to know more of God, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to be continually growing in him. So as I'm going through this process, um, I love it, you know, uh, it makes me feel good, you know, that I know that I'm growing and I'm beginning to develop a better relationship, you know, Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a struggle but it's a good struggle. You know what I'm saying? You know, I want more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yes. Good. Good.
0: I love it. Yeah. it's It's a struggle, but it's a good struggle. And at the end it's going to produce some, some good things, some good fruit. So praise God. So I pray that now everyone, um, has a book, um I, I believe i know i sent uh renee i pray that you got your copy i sent it through usps so i pray that you able to get your copy
1: in time yes oh, i got Lord. my i got my book thank you
0: oh it actually
2: showed great right <laughs>
0: it just showed up so <laughs> good <laughs> I think those who um wanted a copy sent to them Um, and so everyone should have a book. I think I have one person that just registered, so I got to give them their book, but next week, definitely read the first chapter because we're going right into the first chapter It's living, um, living between the times, the kingdom of God. So we're definitely going to dig in even deeper between that transitional period and looking at the kingdom of God. So definitely do the uh, first chapter there. Okay, so if if there aren't any other comments or questions, uh, I will go ahead and pray out here. So, uh, Father God, we thank you for this day and we thank you, God, for allowing us to come on here and to, to learn about your word. We thank you, oh God, for, for breakthroughs. We thank you, oh God, for just um, you um, having the Holy Spirit to clear up some things that we are dealing with or that we may uh, be struggling with when reading on our own. But thank you, oh God, that you use this community of believers to, to engage in conversation with one another. And that um, something it was said and something uh, was explained that we can get a clearer understanding. And so, God, we thank you, oh God, that uh, we don't have to live by that old tale of, we'll understand it better by and by, or uh, you'll understand it when you get to heaven, you may not understand it now. No, we can't understand your word now, God. The by and by is right now. Oh, we can understand your word, Father. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit That gives us this illumination, Father, as we continue to grow, as we continue to push, God, um, as we continue to learn more about you, Father. Um, So, God, we thank you and we lift you up. And I pray that we will continue to be encouraged and don't be discouraged in our well-doing. So, God, we lift you up and we give you all the praise, glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. And I'll see you
1: all next week. Good class.